What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. It is the first Monday episode of the month, meaning we have new power rankings and team of the month, but we got much more exciting news than that. There is a new member of the Flippin' Bats family that I am so excited to announce. Alex Curry is joining me on the show. Yeah! Let's go! Former Angels reporter, Kings, just really a jack of all trades. I couldn't think of somebody better to join me as we bolster the lineup here at Flippin' Bats as we head towards October. Alex, thank you so much. This is going to be a lot of fun. How excited are you to join the family? I mean, I can't wait. I am so excited to be back talking baseball. Well, oh. I think it's time. Yes. I'm going to take your bat. Thank We're you. We're going to put it it's official. on our bat rack, <laughs> and I think it's time. Yeah. Let's, Let's rock. Let's do this. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. This is a monumental episode in the history of flipping bats, and I, I really am so excited. Alex Curry is joining me permanently we're in such a good spot moving towards the playoffs this year uh, she's going to be on most every episode throughout the week so Alex I really am, I am so pumped this is going to be so much fun I'm so excited but I'm also honored for that intro yeah. this is this is going to be great it is and you know this is a baseball show not sure if yeah if oh, you knew that oh it is baseball yeah cool. so it. what I want to ask you is the hard-hitting question here Ready? of who's your favorite baseball team a little more of a loaded question than you would think. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I, born and raised in LA, grew right. up a Dodgers fan. We had season tickets. Right. My family did before I was born. So my childhood was spent at Dodger Stadium, and that's how I fell in love with baseball. Okay. First job, you know, full-time job out of college is with the Angels. So I like <laughs> to say I got traded to the Angels and spent 10 incredible seasons with the Angels. So unpopular opinion I am a fan of both the Dodgers and the Angels. One, that is an unpopular thing. I don't know if I've ever seen that. But were you a fan? Like, did you hate the Angels as a Dodgers fan? I almost feel like it's vice versa. Like, Angels fans don't like Dodgers fans. But Dodgers don't really hate Angels. Like, you know, were you pissed off going to the Angels? Like, oh, no. no. No, it was weird because the first game we covered was a freeway series. So I'm literally walking <laughs> from the bullpen to the dugout like, don't look at the Dodgers. I'm with the Angels now. Don't look at the Dodgers. I'm with the Angels now. And I actually went very extreme because I had heard that there was a lot of animosity between the fans because I love, I'm going to be honest, I love all Southern California right. teams. And that was always my answer while I was working for the Angels. But I went through my social media and I cleaned every single baby photo, growing up photo, anything that I wow. had Dodger gear wearing because I didn't want to upset my new yeah. family because I was so excited and so grateful to be working in a game that I love so much with the Angels. And I had heard how crazy the fans get that against each other. Is commitment. Yeah. So I actually had this is like the first year I've actually talked about that I was a fan oh my God. of the Dodgers growing up. This is great. Well, now we get to talk about baseball as a whole. Yeah. You can be a fan of whoever you want to be a fan it. of. And I just I love hope it. you're a fan of flipping bats because now you're a part of it. Huge fan. Great. Did I tell you that? Huge fan. Now I know. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a lot to talk about this episode. It is the first Monday episode of the month. So team of the month. 
player of the month, which Alex will have one as well. Um, a lot to get to, power rankings and storylines. So I, I want to start by talking about the New York Mets because the New York Mets are fantastic. They've been playing so well lately, and I've been saying this all year. One, the Mets aren't going to Met, so stop saying that. I said it in whenever the season starts, April, I think. Yeah, I said it in April. This team is just different. This is a different baseball team than we have seen from the Mets in years past when they just collapsed. And we saw it over the course of the last week when they took on the Dodgers and they beat the Dodgers in the series. And it became even more clear. This is, this is a World Series caliber baseball team. Every time they take the field against another team, they look like the better team on the field, and they did so even against the Dodgers. After today's win, this was a Fox Sports MLB tweet, after today's win, the Mets officially take the regular season series versus the Dodgers. Meet again in October. I think it's safe to say these two teams are the best two teams in the National League. The Braves will have something to say about that at some point. But I think right now these two teams, the Dodgers and the Mets, are the best two teams. You get on the same field, and it was pretty evident that the Mets can not only hang with them, they're a better team. You have Scherzer and DeGrom at the top of the rotation. Dodgers can't compete with that. Walker Bueller out now for the year. They just don't have that firepower in the rotation to compete with the Mets there. And then the Mets can do enough offensively to get the job done. They're on pace for 103 regular season wins. That'd be the second most in a regular season all time for them behind 108 wins in 1986. It'd also be the fourth time they've ever eclipsed the 100-win mark as a franchise. This team, the Mets, is the real deal. It starts with that rotation, obviously, DeGrom and Scherzer. But Chris Bassett, we don't talk about Chris Bassett enough. He comes over. He's an all-star. He was a huge pickup for them. We're literally just not talking about him enough because you want to talk about Max Scherzer, rightfully so. Chris Bassett pitched in that game, uh, in that series against the Dodgers. Six innings, two earned, kept them in the game. They end up winning that final game and winning the series. I This Mets team is so much fun. I really like them. I'm a fan. Could we be seeing the Mets be the best team in the city of New York? I don't know. I think so. That just came to mind. Don't give me that. It's a hot take. It is a hot take. It, it is a very <laughs> hot take. But it feels right. Those Mets, so hot right now. And their games feel like a party. Like they are having fun. Now, you mentioned they have the ability to have one of the best records they've had. Yes. Let me just point this out. I never want to say a schedule is easy because it's professional sports. You're playing professional athletes here. Right. But the remainder of the Mets' schedule during the regular season, majority of the teams that they are playing are below 500. Six of those games are going to be against teams above 500. Six of their remaining games? Six. That's what I'm saying. Wow. And three of those are going to be that second-to-last series in Atlanta, which could come down to the wire. You know that's going to be a fun one. I'm so excited for that series. It's looking good. Like, things are are favoring the Mets right now. I'm just, I I know it's a hot take. I'm just saying the best team in New York right now is the Mets. It's the truth. It's the truth is what it is. And say what you will, the best team in New York comes from Queens. I'm I'm with you. Um, I, I think the remaining part of the schedule just, we're heading towards 
a great NL East rivalry matchup to end the year. Maybe for all the marbles in the NL East. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the Mets. I'm a big believer in this Braves team, by the way. But before the year started, I did like my NL preview. Yeah. I had the Braves back in the World Series. Really? And, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to differ from that yet because last year before the year in that same episode last year, Mm -hmm. I had Braves over the Astros in the World Series. Now, that's what happened. But prior to October starting, I filled out a brand new bracket for the playoffs and I changed it all up. I got two in the weeds, got in my head and I missed every single series. (laughs) So I have learned that I am wrong, but strong. I am wrong, but strong. (laughs) I am not switching it up. I'm just I need to I need to stick with what I said originally. But this Mets team uh, has all the makings of winning the National League. I think. Let's move on, though, and talk about. The Yankees, the other team in the American League. And the reason that we need to talk about the Yankees is because they're not they're not very good right now. In fact, they are they are very bad. At one point, this New York Yankees team had a 15 and a half game lead in their own division. 15 and a half. That lead has dwindled all the way down to four. And then on Sunday, they squeak one out against the Rays, and it's back up to five. This division is all but over. And just a month ago, you would have said there, there's no chance this, this division's over. The Yankees are 9-20 and 20 since the trade deadline, scoring three runs or fewer in 20 games. How is, how is this happening? I, I don't know. It, it is just all over the board. They have just not been very good. They're 19 and 31 in their last 50 games. That's their worst 50 game stretch within a season since 1991. This team was on pace to win more games than any team in the history of baseball, might I add. They were on pace to break the 2001 Seattle Mariners record. Now they're holding on for dear life in the division, and it just by no means has come easy for them. They've won three of their 14 series since the All-Star break. Three of 14. They have the worst record in the AL since August 2nd. So, look, this division is all but over. Uh, when, when just a month ago I would have said, yeah, you know what, it doesn't matter how hard they collapse, they can't collapse hard enough. Well, they've exceeded what I thought was even possible, and they have been really bad. Then it all led up to a series against the Rays over the weekend. The Rays won two of three, almost swept them. That would have been worst-case scenario for the Yankees, but they held on for dear life on Sunday. So just not a lot going on there in the win department. It's just not been... It's not been pretty, and since the All-Star break, this team that was clearly the best in baseball has been almost the worst in baseball. And can we agree that this is the worst time of the season to go through a slump? Like, there is not a worse time. Dog days of summer, you know everyone's feeling it on the team, and you just can't figure it out. So I'm wondering... Because their one beacon of hope right now is Aaron Judge in his ridiculous <laughs> offense right now. But as we've seen... It's not enough to carry the team alone. Wait, Alex, are you saying that one player can't carry I, a team? I mean, apparently not. So they shouldn't be to fault if a team is, let's say, below 500 or not getting into the playoffs. 
We will get to that a little later. That was a good tease, though. That's a good foreshadowing of something we're going to talk about a little later. But I'm curious because I, being with the Angels, there was a lot of down Mm -hmm. years. Who is the one guy right now in that Yankees clubhouse, in the dugout, that's going to turn things around morale-wise? Because a lot of baseball is mental, right? You just got to get in the right mindset. Sometimes you need just something silly to snap you out of yeah. it what is it going to be who who is that guy for the Yankees right now unfortunately I don't think you, you know a lot of times I can come from the top I think as manager and look that that that's that ship in in New York with Aaron Boone I have a lot to say about him and I will but mm-hmm. normally you look for leadership there and somebody to turn it around he tried with the banging on the table at the press conference trying to get the offense going that didn't work it's not it. um in the clubhouse I don't I don't it's gotta know be a guy it's, it's got to be someone's got to step up as that leader do something anything play play a different game before batting practice I I, I saw the do angels something. they were playing spike ball and volleyball and nerf football and basketball, just anything to just snap it out because that is crazy. Just to repeat what you said. I mean, this is the worst 50 game stretch they've had since 1991. Since before I was born, the worst, the worst 50 game stretch for the New York Yankees in my life. You got to do something, figure it out. Just throw, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Since something, (laughs) yeah, since the beginning of August, this is kind of where it all changes for the Yankees. You can almost point to a date and say, since before August and after August, it's just been a nightmare for the Yankees. Listen to this before August, their rank and runs per game, they were first, after August, 25th in runs per game, home runs, they were first. Before August, tied for 15th after that. On base percentage, second after August, 25th. And slugging, they were first in all of baseball. This is a big one because the Yankees, the Bronx Bombers, they're known for slugging. First in all of baseball by a long shot before August. After the calendar turned to August, 26th in all of baseball. Alex, I'm no expert, Mm -hmm. but that seems alarming. That it's. I think you nailed it. I think. I think you nailed it. Hit I, the nail I, on the head. I think that. I think that hits the nail on the head right there. That's the problem for the Yankees. Is it's all over the map. Runs per game, home runs, on base percentage, slugging, and pitching. They've had injuries. It just hasn't been good. And the NL, the AL East now is all but wrapped up. I mean, I mean, think about this from the other direction. I think we talk about this and like, could this really happen? Think about this if. If the Yankees were Yankees and the Rays were tied a month ago and now it's out to a five game lead, you don't think it's over by any means. It's still within reach. But just because it's coming from 15 and a half games, you think, could this possibly happen? This could be the greatest collapse, greatest as in biggest. I'm not saying it'd be the greatest collapse. Don't you know, I, I, I don't care what happens here. This could be the biggest collapse in baseball history if they blow their 15 and a half game lead. But we teased it a little bit. The MVP discussion. Mm-hmm. Now, you covered the Angels. Yeah. So I have a feeling that maybe we're on the same page here. I think we're probably on the same page here. I'm pretty passionate about this MVP discussion. Now, I, I, I do get tired of it on social media because 
it's to the point where I can't even celebrate what Shohei Otani is doing without somebody mentioning what Aaron Judge is doing. Now, now, now let me just say, I love what Aaron Judge is doing. In fact, I hope he breaks the record. But that doesn't mean he's the MVP of the league. For those that argue team performance matters for MVP in baseball, of which I am not one, would an MVP really allow his team to go 15-25 and 25 in this stretch run of the season? Great point there by me. I think if you're going to just say, well, an MVP would never let his team struggle so bad, okay, well, Aaron Judge's team isn't playing well. And to Alex's point she made just a few minutes ago, one player cannot make a team be great. Baseball is the most team sport of all, you know, basketball. LeBron James can turn a bad team into a playoff team. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, he put them at quarterback on the team. They're probably going to be in the playoffs. Baseball's not that case. You can't have one player turn it all around for a team, which this reason, my whole point right here isn't, well, Aaron Judge shouldn't be the MVP because his team is struggling. It's for those people that argue, hey, you can't be uh, you can't be an MVP if your team is struggling so bad. I'm tired of that argument. Cancel it out. I want to just argue what's happening on the field. And let me present this question to you, Alex. Mm -hmm. If you were starting a team, if there was a one-year draft, okay, for one player and you get the first pick based off of what has happened this year from all 30 teams. Easy. It's easy, Shohei Otani. And there's not even a doubt. No. And that's that's my whole point here is you're getting – the production of two big league all-stars. And I know I I say this enough and I stress it all the time, but it can't be stressed enough. If you're starting a team based off of what somebody has done on the field this year, well, without a doubt in your mind, you're taking the guy that can be your ace of a staff and be your three-hole hitter. And it's not even really close. On the mound, Shohei Otani has been better this year than Garrett Cole. And at the plate, he's top five in the American League in home runs. I mean, that's mind-blowing to me, and it's not even a question. So everybody wants to point to all these different stats to make Aaron Judge look better for the MVP discussion, of which he looks great, and I hope he breaks the record. But if this is my concern, and I want to see where you stand here because I just mm-hmm. came to it in my head. And a lot yep. of things, when I get all passionate, things just come to me. Love it. If Shohei Otani hadn't done what he did last year and won the MVP award unanimously, do you think things would be different this year in the MVP discussion? Like, do you think the the aura of it and like the do you think people are almost getting bored like do you think they don't take into account enough what he's actually doing so this is a point I make across all sports here why can't we just appreciate greatness when it's right in front of our face okay Shohei Otani is doing something we have never seen before in Major League Baseball just This past week, he became the first player in the history of the game with 10-plus wins, 30-plus home runs in the same season. No one else compares to that. No one else can even come close to that. So how is it even a conversation, especially if last year he won unanimously? 
I, I think that plays, and you look around other sports, and we can also point to baseball here. It's almost like in basketball. Theoretically, yeah. LeBron James could have won it every year for like a 10-year stretch. But Mike hasn't Trout. won it as much as you think. That's what I'm saying. Right. And then, and then Mike Trout. Mike Trout for that stretch, you know, he's won his fair share, but yeah. I feel like he could have won for seven of those 10 years, yep. but it almost seemed like every single year, Mike Trout needed to up what he did prior just to win the award, which no, 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 that's yeah. not how it works. If you want to talk about most valuable one valuable is an interesting word when talking about baseball, but how are you more valuable than a guy that's doing both at an all-star level? So I just hope, and my goal here on this show is to tell people and to make sure people do not get bored with what we're watching from Shohei Otani. But this is the debate that has been going on, I think, from the start of the MVP conversation. <laughs> value. Where do you place the value? Is the value strictly on a player's individual accomplishments? Or is it equally as valuable what he brings to the team and how he lifts the team up. Yeah. I have a theory on this. I, I do too. I, I have a theory, but I, I, I just look, I, I get so fired up with this discussion and every single day Shohei Otani is doing something that we've never seen before. And you know what? And I've said it before and I will say it again. I hope Aaron judge breaks the record. He is chasing history, which people want to point to. Well, he's chasing history. Shohei Otani is history. And it's him all alone by himself. And it's never been done before. And he is doing it right in front of our eyes. So just appreciate it. And whether you think Aaron Judge is the MVP or Shohei Otani is the MVP, just appreciate what he's watching because there is a very good chance that we never see again what Shohei Otani is doing, which I think in itself makes him the MVP, which is the heart and soul of this here discussion is the MVP discussion. You know, my answer. I like that. We're on the same page here. Um, I had a feeling that would be the case, but uh, look, I, I just think, I, I think when it comes to the voting, there's no doubt in my mind. The winner should be Shohei Otani. So as you know, I am extremely excited to have Alex Curry on the show, but I think I am even more excited for this new segment because I'm so, I'm so pumped to see what you have cooked up for me. It is time for Kamish Curry. All right. Are you ready? I think I have a solution here for our MVP conversation here, right? Because as long as Shohei Otani is playing in the big leagues, putting up the numbers that he's putting up, making history, no other player can compare to what he's doing. There, there's no question. There isn't another player who has 10-plus wins and 30-plus home runs. So what's that mean? Every other player, while they play during the time that Otani's in the big leagues, they never have a chance to win MVP? Solution. We add another award. We've already seen Major League Baseball add new rules for Shohei Otani. So why don't we add another award? For now, we can call it Most Outstanding Player. We've seen that used across sports before. And the Most Outstanding Player is based solely on individual performance. Then you have MVP, Most Valuable Player, which would be individual performance, plus 
how they elevate their team. So not one, but two awards. And when Otani retires, because it is most outstanding player, maybe we rename it most Otani player. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I kind of love it. You can keep the MOP going. MOP going. So, so this is not a replacement no. of the MVP. No, no, you no. You keep the MVP award and there's just a, a mop. So everybody has this debate. Is it an individual award or is it individual plus how they elevate their team? And that's the divide for the MVP. So why don't we just have both? Everyone loves giving awards. Everyone loves receiving the hardware. So why not just give the people what they want? You can have both, then there's no debate. I do like that. I, I've had a thought in the past of there being like a most amazing player because I liked map. Okay. But I, I like mop. He's on better. the map. I like mop. He's on the map. I like mop so much better. <laughs> Kamish Curry rules. We have the mop, and then you can basically give it to Otani all the time. Exactly. Because, while he's deserving it. But I also, I, I, I want to add that people just say, like, are you going to, is Shohei the, the best player be, just because he pitches and hits? And I think it's important to say, no, it's yeah. because he's doing both at an elite level, which would give him, I, I think he would get both awards. But, you know, is there a, is there a world in which whoever wins your mop award Thank can you. win the MVP as well? Or yeah. It, yeah. You've seen Cy, Won, Cy Young and MVP win, same guy, win the same award? I'm related to one. I know. <laughs> I saw the smile go as soon as I said it. <laughs> All right. I like that a lot. So yeah. I, I hope, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but it's not right now, just for reference. But Got it. I hope this becomes a, a segment. I'm going to need a lot from you here. I'm going to need multiple <sighs> ways that Alex I'm Curry ready. can make Major League Baseball even better. And changing the game. And I will changing the game. Evolving Alex. the game. And I will I will take it upon myself to say whether I disagree or agree with your new rules. And okay. this one is an easy one. I, I agree with this one. So the first ever Check. Kamish Curry is the 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 mop. Award. Thank you. I'm into and, it. Uh, I, I'm in. All I'm, right. I'm all in on So glasses come off because these are strictly for Kamish Curry. Now it's time to do your power rankings. All right. So. It is power <sighs> rankings time. It is Monday, which here means it is time for my power rankings. Yep. Uh, so we're going to start at number 10. I have the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies were on a roll. The Phillies were off and running. Bryce Harper back. I was thinking, okay, this team is rolling. Bryce Harper's back. They're just going to keep on a tear. Look, they've been playing okay over the course of the last couple of weeks, but they still are here in my top 10. They're in a playoff spot at the season end right now. They're 73 and 60. So I have the Phillies here at number 10. Let's move on to number nine. The San Diego Padres are here at number nine. They are 74 and 60 on the year. Now, that sounds great. They're in a playoff spot. They would be just fine. But 74 and 60 is quite the look. Since the uh, since the trade deadline, it has been a struggle. There's no there's no doubt about that. They add Juan Soto, who could be the best hitter in all of baseball. They add Josh Hader, who has been anything but elite in the back end of the bullpen. They add Josh Bell. They add all these pieces and you think, "All right, it's time for them to go." They haven't exactly done that, but I still do believe in the Padres. I believe they're a playoff team. They're here at number nine. And speaking Let's, of disappointment, mm -hmm. I'm going to lead you into number eight here. Ooh. The Yankees. Ooh. 
The Yankees. The Yankees are, I have them here at eight. Are you as disappointed in the Yankees as I am? I, I feel like eight was quite the downgrade for me. They've been at number one the majority of the year. They've been there mm-hmm. more than anybody else. I finally take them down. I take them down to two, then to three, then to five, and now they're at eight. I mean, it is their worst 50-game stretch since 1991. I don't know how much you can continue to say that, and they are proving that they don't have it right now. Aaron Judge is the only thing. They're they're beacon of hope right now (laughs) is Aaron Judge, and that is it. That is it. That's it. And that's why they're here all the way down at number eight now. At number seven, I have the team that just beat them in a series. Tampa Bay Rays, 74 and 58. Obviously, not quite where the Yankees are record-wise, but they were starting from a huge hole, okay? They were down almost 20 games earlier in the year. They narrowed it down all the way to four. It's at five now. On the field against the Yankees over the weekend, they were the better team. They dominated them. The Yankees are lucky they didn't get swept by the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's move on to number six. I have the Seattle Mariners at six. The Mariners are just on a roll. They're 75 and 58. They are off and running. Look, I I like this Mariners team a lot. I think they match up well with anybody in the playoffs. I'm not going to say the Mariners and the Astros are in the ALCS, but the Mariners match up well with anybody. You have Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, Luis Castillo at the top of that rotation. Who wants to face them? I don't. But that's because I'm just here on flipping bats. But now that I've added Alex Curry, maybe our team, maybe we can com- compete with just about anybody. Mariners, 75 and 58. They're here at number six, one of the highest they have been all year. They're sneaking long. up. Now I'm going to lead you into number five, mm-hmm. the Cardinals. The Cardinals. And we had Albert Pujols, by the way, mm-hmm. just hit another home run. Six, 95. Five. That puts him at that. Five away. Albert Pujols is five home runs away from 700. One away, might I add, from Alex Rodriguez, who finished his career with 696. And the more I think about that, the more I'm surprised A-Rod was just like, you know what, 696, I'm good with that. you got to think about how much that haunts a player's dreams. Yeah. Because they'll say, like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's okay. I did my best. We heard Pujols say, if I don't get it this year, I'm done anyway. Do you believe that? No, I... If you're two away, four away, why wouldn't you try to come back for a month or two? If, if a team's going to take you and you can hit that milestone, I say do it. You're that close. I think I think he does it. I, I think he comes back is what I'm saying, even if he doesn't get it done. Oh, I think he's going to get it done. I hope he gets it he's done gonna this get it year. Done. Albert Pujols is five away. Big pinch hit home run for the Cardinals on Sunday to beat the Cubs and what could be his last at bat in his career against his, against the Cubs. Who knows? They're 78 and 55 here at number five. Moving on, number four this week, the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are hot. They are right on the heels of the New York Mets. They're 83 and 51. They have cut the division lead down. I need to talk about Spencer Strider here. The rookie punched out 16 guys the other night, a rookie record for the Braves. This guy is the real deal. The Braves are the real deal. Austin Riley is killing it. Ronald Acuna hasn't even been at his MVP caliber of play this year. They've been doing it from every single element of the game, pitching, hitting, defense. The Braves are really good. They're 83-51, and 51, and they are catching the New York Mets, which leads to number three. 
The Braves haven't yet quite caught them. I have the Mets at number three. I also believe the Mets are a World Series caliber team. I'm a big believer in them. They're 85 and 50. Sometimes I just say records and I really have to think like, just stop saying numbers like 85 and 50. They're yeah. 35 games over 500. And as you mentioned earlier, this is a big part of the NL East run that we're about to see in September. The Mets have the easiest remaining schedule in all of baseball? I would argue that. I mean, there's only six games left. They're playing teams above 500. Three of those games, that's going to be the last series, second to last series against Atlanta. I think we all have that circled because that's a, yeah. that could be it. That, that could determine who finishes one and two. So the Braves need to stay as hot as they are to keep that gap close before that series. And then we could be looking at just an epic last, second to last series of the year in the NL East. At number two, I have the Houston Astros. The Astros have been here at two few weeks in a row now, 85 and 48. Um, look, they're, they're such a complete team. They also avoided a big fiasco when my brother went on the IL, turned out to not be as big of a problem as it could have been. Hopefully he doesn't miss much time, just misses a couple of starts. But he at the top of the rotation, he's having a Cy Young caliber year. Fromber Valdez has been fantastic. A big difference for the Astros this year Last year, their bullpen was the 15th best in baseball. This year, their bullpen is the best in baseball, which equates to more wins. You know, I'm not a big math guy, but if you were 15th best. <laughs> Says the number guy. <laughs> if you're not, a, if you were 15th best and now you're the best, that yeah. has to equate to some wins somewhere, I yeah. would think. You can't really go wrong here with your number two and your number one, the Los Angeles Dodgers. First to 90. The first team to, yeah, that's a good point. They're yeah. 91 and 41. I just mentioned like stopping down sometimes to think about records. Yeah. This is one you kind of have. It's insane. 91 and 51. Again, not a huge math guy. That's pretty close to 50 games over 500. And last I checked, that is 50 games over 500. And of course, the first ever episode we have Alex Curry on the show one of her two favorite teams in L.A. is Come at, at the top spot, the number <laughs> one team in my power rankings, the Los Angeles Dodgers, for a month running now. They are 91 and 50, 91 and 41, and round out this week's top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings. All right, Ben, it's the beginning of the month, so you know what time it is. It is time for your team of the month, and let's start a catcher. Who you got? I always love team of the month because normally it's team of the week. Yeah. The first one, it's like, you know what? Let's just celebrate the players that did it the best for an entire month. And a catcher <laughs> I love it. who did it the best was Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy hit 330 on the month, five homers, 17 RBIs. He's the only catcher in all of baseball in the month of August that had more than 30 hits and more than 10 extra base hits. Pretty good, if you ask me. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right, let's move over to first base. Who you got? First base, Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt has been on here a lot. So it's normally team of the week. Yeah. Um, so he's been on team of the week probably more than anybody else this year, which is probably why he's going to win the MVP award in the National League. He is back here. August was another great month for him. 343 on the month, nine home runs, 27 RBIs, and a one Point one one five OPS, and that is good enough to easily get him at first base on my team of the month. 
All right, second base, Jeff McNeil. Second base is Jeff McNeil. Played with Jeff McNeil. Love that guy. Friend of the pod, by the way. A great month. 385 on the month. 385. That's ridiculous. 13 doubles, 11 RBIs, the flying squirrel, they call him. He is a vital part to this Mets team. When you look at the Mets, they're really good for a lot of reasons. But as Alex mentioned earlier, kind of talking about chemistry with a team and having that guy in a locker room. Jeff McNeil is a guy that just brings a lot of energy, a lot of chemistry, plays the game hard, and obviously in the month of August, he had a fantastic month. I have him at second base. I love it. Who you got at third base? Over at third base, Alex Bregman. Bregman killed it. And this kind of feels like the month where you just kept feeling like, when is Alex Bregman going to break out this year? He was kind of showing flashes throughout the year. But in August, 362, seven home runs, 22 RBIs, a 1.133 OPS. Alex Bregman has broken out. And it couldn't have come at really a better time. All you, all you really want is a team to get into the playoffs and to have your players heating up as you're propelling towards the playoffs. Alex Bregman is bringing a lot to the team as I feel like we're just getting heated up as mm -hmm. we head towards October, you know? Like, we've added you, <laughs> you're rolling, we're rolling, Alex let's Bregman go. is rolling. So he had a great month of August. And let's roll right over to shortstop Francisco Lindor. Yes, shortstop Francisco Lindor, Mr. Smile, because just look at the smile. It's That's just great. great. 286 on the month, four homers. 15 RBIs, some stolen bases, great defense. I'm so excited to see Francisco Lindor have such a good year because of last year. It was just a struggle in his first year in New York. And whenever somebody goes to New York and struggles, they just get roasted. And I don't like that because I like being nice to people. <laughs> Francisco Lindor had a great month of August, and he is my shortstop on Team of the Month. All right, let's move it to the outfield. You've got an all-star lineup out here, starting yeah. with Mookie Betts. The outfield this month is a fantastic one, and I don't yeah. see how you can do much better than starting off with Mookie. Now, as I always clarify, do not yell if an outfielder is in a different position. It's just three outfielders, regardless of their specific position, and Mookie Betts is certainly one of those three. 330 on the month, nine home runs, 18 RBIs, and a 1.081 OPS. If you hear OPS and you don't exactly know what it means, just know if anybody is close to a 1,000 OPS, they've done something very impressive. And Mookie Betts was over that for the month of August. He's my first outfielder. Your second outfielder chasing a little history right now. Just, just a little bit. Aaron Judge. Heard of him? Heard of him? And heard of the history he's chasing. Just a little bit. Roger Maris, 61 home runs, the all-time New York Yankees, single season record, and behind Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is the only one that had more than that, and obviously the 73. Aaron Judge is chasing that. Maybe not chasing Barry Bonds at this point in the year, mm, but yeah. he is now at 53 homers, hit his 53rd on Sunday, 289, nine homers on the month, 22 RBIs, a 1.091 OPS, and just continues to track down history. Um, I think he gets it done. We're at 53 with, what, a month to play? He needs a nine. <laughs> 
He needs nine more to pass. Roger Maris, eight more to tie him, but another great month with nine home runs in the month of August for Aaron Judge. All right, who are you rounding out? Who is your final outfielder of the month? My last outfielder for team of the month is Randy Arozarena. I think this is his first time on my team of the month, the Flippin' Bats Pod team of the month. He hit 327, six home runs, 23 RBIs, and again, an OPS just north of one thousand randy rosarina we all know the success he has in the playoffs but you know what it kind of feels like playoff time right now for the rays it's kind of they're on the cusp of a wild card spot now the division is in reach and when the games turn high leverage randy rosarina turns into that dude and he rounds out the outfield of mookie betts aaron judge and Randy Rosarino. That is pretty, that's pretty impressive. And I would say you're right. Besides October and maybe like opening weekend, this is the most exciting time in I baseball. Love I love September. In baseball. You also mentioned it, but August is kind of like the dog days of summer. And yeah. it's very difficult to perform super well in those days just because it's after the all-star break, but before the season really gets into that tough stretch, you're tired, you're not, you know, but these guys did it better than anybody else in the month of August, and we still have a uh -huh. few more. You know someone who isn't tired? <laughs> who hasn't slowed down? Your DH, Shohei Otani. In fact, Shohei Otani has not only not slowed down, he's heating up, Yep. which feels like a great thing to do at this time of year, a great thing to do if you're vying for, let's say, an MVP award. 317 <laughs> on the month at the plate, eight home runs, 20 RBIs, and OPS, yes, north of 1,000, 1.040. And I don't know if you guys have heard, he also pitches. But we're not even going to talk about that here. He's doing this as a DH. So while he's also pitching every fifth or sixth day, he is going out hitting 317 with eight home runs in the month of August. And my favorite player that doesn't have the last name of Verlander, and he winds <laughs> up on this team of the month. And he very easily could have been on the mound. So who do you got on the mound? That's a great point. On the mound for my August team of the month, Zach Gallen. Unbelievable what he's doing right now. And he's not getting the notoriety that he deserves because, well, he plays for the Arizona Diamondbacks. But... 5-0 in August, a 0.68 ERA, 44 strikeouts in 40 innings. And as of Sunday, which I know this doesn't count for the month of August, but he continued his scoreless streak. He is now at 41 and a third consecutive innings without giving up a run, which is the eighth longest streak in the history of Major League Baseball ever, period. That's all there is to it. Eighth longest in history. What a month for Zach Allen. He is my starting pitcher. Now let's round out the team. I want to start dancing the moment I think about his name. My closer on the team of the month is Edwin Diaz. Now, yes, we know what he does on the mound. Six saves, 10 and two-thirds, 16 strikeouts. Only one earned run in all of August and only five hits in the entire month. But I like him more. No, maybe that's not fair. Okay. I love what he does on the mound. But you just played it a little bit. 
I didn't, I didn't know how much I could do. I didn't want to get in trouble. Though you're going to get in so <laughs> much trouble, in so after, much trouble? This. After, after we are done with this segment, they are going to uh, really have here. a word with you. Right. The walkout song, Narco, Blaster Jack, Timmy Trumpet, it is iconic. Um, and, and the way he comes in out of the bullpen now, it's almost like, I, I've said this before, but Mariano Rivera enters Sandman, an obvious staple. But if he continues to be as dominant as he was in the month of August and as he has been all year, that walk-up song, the entrance song, is going to transform sports. And my challenge to you, you're playing it a little bit there. Yep. Have you ever played a trumpet? (laughs) (laughs) You're bringing it out already. Okay. So I have not, but... My husband's a musician, owns a music studio, and I did reach out to our sound engineer yesterday, (laughs) asked if he had a trumpet, and honestly asked him if he could teach me to learn this song in the next month. And can you debut that on? I mean, do you want like a progress report? I'm gonna try this week. (laughs) Weekly, daily. (laughs) I want progress reports. Edwin Diaz rounds out my team of the month, not only from his dominance on the mound, but his dominant entrance as well, which is just becoming something really fun in Queens to watch. So that rounds out my team of the month. What a great August for these guys. But it is now time, as we've been doing for the last couple of last couple of months, this is my Flippin' Bats team of the month. It is time for my Flippin' Bats player of the month. And that is, drum roll please, Alex Bregman. What a month for this guy. 362, seven home runs, 22 RBIs, an OPS of 1.133. He's also a good friend of mine, which obviously can play into it. Maybe he doesn't have to be your player of the month if you're not friends with him. But I am friends with him, and he also won the American League Player of the Month award. So... The Astros needed him to get going. He's been having a good year, but this is Alex Bregman-type numbers. This guy is a stud. Come October, he will be a force to be reckoned with. And in August, he was already a force to be reckoned with. And Alex, he is my player of the month. But now that you have joined us and are a permanent fixture here, I want you to start giving your Flippin' Bats pod player of the month. You ready for this? Yes, let's get a drum roll for you as well. Drum roll, Big please. Big shocker. Big shocker here. I don't know if you know him. Shohei Otani. The very last day of the month, he decides to make history with his 30th home run, making him the first player in the history of the game with 10-plus wins on the mound, 30-plus home runs. You can't even argue. How do you even argue against that? Look at these. How do you argue against a player who has done something that no one else in the history of the game has done before? I feel like I'm doing a lot of these with Shohei Otani. He deserves all of these. (laughs) I I agree with you. There's no – I will never disagree with picking Shohei Otani. I would pick him every day if I could. And typically I do, by the way. I do pick Shohei Otani every day. But we have the – these are his offensive numbers. Yeah. We're not even talking about what oh, he you, did. Oh, you forgot he's also, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. an ace on the mound. He's also, yeah, yeah. And, and one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, probably a top five pitcher in the American League right now. So um, I'm a big fan. I think the people listening are going to be a big fan of this pick, and you can't really go wrong. You can't. So that's a great first pick, I yeah, think. Thank you. 
Feel good about it. All right, and with our Players of the Month, that brings this first episode with Alex Curry on the show to an end. You know what? I think let's do it again tomorrow. You're stuck with me. You don't really (laughs) got a choice. I'm here. I'm here to stay. Thank you all for listening. This one has been an absolute blast. I will see you next time. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. Do it. We're also on all social media at Flippin' Bats Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And you can watch every single episode. If you want to watch Alex and I up here now, you can watch it on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I did. And for Alex and I, we will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats.